Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing podcast for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become biz businesses. No, wait, my name is Ramsteg, and I help small businesses become big businesses. Or maybe I don't know what my name is at all. This week, Allison and I are going to be talking about um, social media identity. Allison, say hey. Tell people who you are. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is going to be a really personal podcast. This is something that uh, has been kind of one of, uh, well, I think, one of the biggest things I've accomplished since I've been at Roundpeg, not to overstate it, but uh, it's certainly an issue that we've struggled with for a long time and, and continue to struggle with. So we're going to be real open and honest. We want you to please feel free to call in if you have any questions or comments. What's that number, Lori? The phone number to call in is 805 we are going to be watching the Twitter stream, and we are uh, going to have the live chat launched. We probably won't be uh, maybe as interactive as we normally are on Twitter because Allison is going to be much more actively engaged in the conversation. But we will be looking, so um, send us your comments and questions. But um, basically what we're talking about is uh, as a company, and as a business owner, and that's really what this is about, is as a business owner, what should your identity be on Twitter? Should you be your company or should you be you? Um, I was actually part of an interesting um, panel discussion on this this summer, and at the time, I, uh, six months ago, what I said is, do as I say, don't do as I do. Because my advice to others was, don't go down this path. Talk to me about what that path is, maybe for people who aren't super familiar with us. So um, four years ago, and I, I was looking at something, I had actually been on Twitter three years, ten months, and some miscellaneous number of days and weeks. And four years ago when I started on Twitter, it was not the uh, community that it is today. And I don't think anybody really anticipated what it was going to become. I had gone to a weekend event where I'd met a lot of people, and they're like, oh, you on Twitter. You should get on Twitter, and we can stay connected. And I went, uh-huh, okay. Um, and so I logged in, and it asked me for a, a handle. And I really didn't think about it a lot, but I knew that Roundpeg was shorter than Lorraine Ball. I thought it would be very memorable. It, it made sense. It was my company. And really, four years ago, my company was a lot about me. And so... Um, I picked Roundpeg, and I, I really didn't think about it a lot uh, going through that. And back at that time, you had what, maybe, do you have one full-time employee? I had, uh, I actually had one full-time and two part-time employees. So really, Roundpeg, the company, was, it was, it was me. I was the company. And um, in the, the early days, if I would go to tweet-ups and I would introduce myself as Roundpeg, it made sense. My business card said round peg. I said round peg. And um, the more I used Twitter, the more I realized I had different communities. I had personal friends that I would kid with, and I had professional contacts. And I was perfectly comfortable. I, um, I am who I am. The company is, is very much my personality. And I was very comfortable um, switching back and forth and talking to BG Kahuna about No Pants Friday and discussing with Robbie Slaughter the pros and cons of requiring an email to log in um, to, to download free information. And 
that brand became about all of that. Um, but there, there were some challenges um, because I didn't want to follow everybody as Roundpeck. I didn't want, I didn't follow a lot of the big name social media people because they just cluttered up my stream. I wasn't interested. They didn't respond to me. My feeling on my personal Twitter account, and, and that's what Roundpeg was, was that it was personal. And so I was kind of frozen a little bit around um, following a thousand people and had about two thousand followers, which which wasn't bad. It was it's a good number, but not necessarily where uh, an identity needs to be if this is a corporate brand. And I think that the the dissonance that occurred in the brand really started happening when the company started expanding. I mean, we talked about when you started the Twitter account, you have one full-time and two part-time employees. Currently, we have four full-time employees plus you, so five full-time employees, one part-time. So, I mean, the company has quadrupled in size since then. And, and so, what started to happen, and it was kind of a, a, a funny thing, you would see these um, tweets that would go up that would be, overheard at Roundpeg or um, and this would be us from our personal accounts tagging Roundpeg in the tweets just to clarify. Or um, people uh, people whether it was my employees or other people talking about working with the company and working with me. Um, had a great visit too at Roundpeg. Well I wasn't even there and so you know maybe I was out of the office somewhere so the the conversations got a little bit strange because sometimes people weren't um, weren't really talking about me, um, or they were trying to say that Lorraine was doing this at Roundpeg. Well, you couldn't say in a tweet at Roundpeg just drop something on the floor at Roundpeg, and so it began to get the bigger we got. Um, it began to get, I think, um, confusing. I would definitely agree with that. And as we grew, there were also, we needed to change how we were perceived. We started going off after bigger accounts, both for web design and for social media and our other services. And some of the folksy charm of the personal account weren't appropriate for a social media company that was trying to make a splash um, here in the city. Well, then one of the things that I did is I unbundled my Twitter feed from our LinkedIn page. Um, I have never had our Twitter feed on our website. Now, there are pros and cons about whether I would want to do that, but from a business owner um, and from a company perspective, um, those are things that you really have to think about, I think, very carefully. Um, I think, you know, the example I gave you on the other side of Scott Wise is Scotty's Brewhouse. Um, he is who he is, that is his brand. Um, and he blends very quickly back and forth between personal and corporate. I know that he now has other people that also access and respond to that account, but. Um, he doesn't say anything on his Twitter feed that is inappropriate for his brand. Um, they might be inappropriate for my brand. Um, but I think that was a real challenge was, was when I looked at our Twitter stream and some of the things that I was um, talking to people about and some of the things that, that conversations that I was getting involved in, 
it was it wasn't appropriate for LinkedIn. It wasn't appropriate for our page, and so then I began to question where that was. I think that it's it's a real challenge finding that balance because, as you mentioned, for instance, Brewhouse is a very fun brand. I would like to say, and I've worked hard to try to build the image of Roundpeg as a fun brand. So it's not that the problem was talking about silly things. We still talk about lots and lots of silly things on our Twitter account. But I think that the issue was that some of the good content was getting lost. And that in the personal conversations and the four square check-ins and the conversations about restaurants and art and local events, who the company was was getting lost. People had a real clear idea of who Lorraine Ball was, but there are four of us behind her supporting her who no one ever thought about because Roundpeg was Lorraine Ball and Lorraine Ball was Roundpeg. And as an employee, as someone who wanted to grow with the company, I had problems with that because it was almost like being told, you're not part of the brand. And, and that was clearly never, you know, never my intention. Um, and I think this is an important uh, decision that business owners have to make is are they willing to share their brand? And, you know, for companies like Coca-Cola, for companies like Nike, this isn't a question. The companies are so big that no one person um, owns or controls the brand. But for small businesses, for companies like Roundpeg, where you have um, just a few small, uh, you know, maybe you have five to ten employees, maybe you have, maybe you have just one employee, and you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, the company is just me. Of course, I am. Insert whatever the name of the company is. But I think the the thing that you really have to think about is what happens if you grow? And if you grow, what do you really want your brand to be? My, um, my long-term vision for what Roundhead is going to be has changed a lot over the last few years. And it has changed because I've hired some extraordinary people who I think um, have the, uh, the talent and the vision to be a part of a bigger Roundhead. Um, and so the brand needed to be bigger. And I think that's an important point. For instance, if you're a consultant and all that you ever want to have is a small consultancy that's based around you and your skills and who you are, then maybe it's okay to have a combined personal and professional Twitter account. I can certainly think of lots of people here in Indianapolis who have that model and do a good job having that balance because they don't have employees and they want to have employees. They're okay with it being a very personal brand. But that's not who Roundpeg is anymore. No, and I think um, I think we need to look long and hard at that. I, I think one of the things is um, I started the company thinking it was only going to be me, and so a lot of the decisions I made on branding had a lot to do with me and my personal style. Some of them, like the Twitter account, are reversible. I have created the Rain Ball, and and that account is up and running, and it is viable, and it has followers, and that's wonderful. I can't fix Facebook. When I uh, started building out Roundpeg and a lot of social media platforms, one of the pieces of advice I got, and it was good advice, was that I should grab Roundpeg wherever possible. Um, I own Roundpeg on Facebook. Unfortunately, Roundpeg on Facebook points to my personal page. And I can't transfer that. The company page is actually 
Facebook.com slash ending. And unfortunately, at this time, there is no way to transfer ownership of a custom URL on Facebook. That may change one day, probably not, um, at least not in the near future. But um, so, yeah, that is something that we're stuck with. You've got to be looking long term at these things. Even if you don't have uh, aspirations to grow now, might you maybe one day? So you've got to always be looking at your end game, not at what's happening right now. And um, I'll give you another example. And this is something that we just went through. Um, Allison is laughing because she knows where I'm going with this. Um, G+. We don't know what G+, is going to be long term. But the day that um, G+, opened up the company pages, both Allison and I each created a round peg page and proudly shared them with each other. I had three followers, she had five, so I took down my page. The problem is that you can't share admin on a page. And the round peg page was tied to Allison's personal Gmail. And as a business owner, this bothered me that I couldn't access the back end and share content as the company. Even though Allison is our primary social media person, I'm not ready to abandon that, and I don't think business owners should. And as an employee, as much as I love and trust my boss, I still don't want her having access to my personal email account. That's just a line I'm not willing to cross. I don't think she wants to see my email. You know what? Um, I uh, And this is the same reason I tell people that you don't have to be friends with your employees. I think as a business owner, there are lines, and that's probably a topic for a whole different conversation. But here was the challenge. Who owns the Roundhead Google Plus page? Because it has to be tied to a personal Gmail account. Well, the solution was so simple, and it was one that we should have thought of, and I think this is, for business owners, um, a very viable solution. We now have a Gmail account called roundpegindie at gmail.com. Um, the person behind that account is our office cat, Clyde. That cat comes in so handy. She's the person behind a lot of our corporate accounts where we need to hold client accounts on Facebook and that kind of thing. Um, kind of weird. She's actually gained some like cult status on a couple of social networks. It's a very weird thing. Yeah. Uh, I actually did create a, a Facebook page for Maybe, but she doesn't have any fans. But, but going back to this, because of the way Google works, both of us can manage, can now share control of the administration of this company, Google Plus page. We each log in for our own accounts. We can switch to the Roundpeg account. And this allows us to share the brand. Um, and this is exactly how we manage the Roundpeg Twitter account. Let's talk about how we decided to make the decision to make the break between Roundpeg and Lorraine Ball. Allison threatened my life. It was not that bad, but this was probably one of the more serious conversations that we've had. Um, Lorraine and I have a very different relationship. We tend to yell at each other a lot um, in a very healthy um, way. We both have very strong emotions. We both want very passionately what's best for the company, and we want to make sure that we're heard. But this was a conversation where I sat down and was very quiet and very serious with her. Which was a little scary because um, usually that's my mode. Um, when I'm annoyed, I'm loud. When I'm really angry, I'm really quiet. And um, uh, Allison was giving me back who I was. 
And, and she had some legitimate points. Um, one is, any of you that follow me on Twitter, okay, I'm going to say it. Um, I can't spell and I type even worse. Thanks for saying it, but I didn't have to. <laughs> but she's glad I did. I mean, but this, is, this, is, this is the truth. I am big picture. Um, when I'm tweeting and I don't have my glasses in, when I'm on my, my phone, the extra second it would take to reread the tweet and realize um, that it had auto-corrected, and that's really the big issue, is that it has auto-corrected. And, and literally, the second it would take, I'm not wired that way. And so, um, again, when it was just me, the spelling errors, the, uh, uh, the typos, while not necessarily professional, are me and I'll live with it. But now what I was doing was I was representing the company, and I was representing the four other professionals behind the brand, and that was wrong. And, and in terms of long-term growth of the company, Allison was dead on. It wasn't the right, it wasn't right. And it was a decision that I knew was really near and dear to Lorraine's heart, because so much of the round peg brand is Lorraine, is based on who she is, is based on what she believes. And I stand behind that 100%. I never wanted to change the core of who we are and what we believe. I just wanted to make sure that we were presenting the best face to the world and showing them, in, in a way, how professional we are and how well we can handle their social media. If we, can, if we couldn't handle, and here's the, here's the thing, I don't think this is a secret, I handle most of our clients' social media accounts. Lorraine does strategy and big picture. The day-to-day -day stuff is me. So for people to be looking at the Roundpeg account and thinking that that's representative of how we handle social media accounts, is inaccurate. It was simply not true and giving a distortion of how we do business. And so um, I, uh, I listened to Allison and I told her I would think about it. And, and the truth was this was a series of conversations after the first one. And what I told her is we would start the migration. The first thing I did is I created the personal account, um, but I still kind of managed both. And began making a transition with the avatar. For a while, you saw my, my picture and the round peg logo. And eventually, it became just the round peg logo. Today, we share that account. And um, it's really interesting for me because um, when I respond to a tweet, I, uh, I use Hootsuite, which allows me to manage both accounts. I always have that nanosecond where I think to myself, is this round peg or is this Lorraine Ball? It is never both. Um, that is one thing that as I have split these accounts, I've made a very specific decision. There are people that follow Lorraine and there are people who follow round peg. They don't need to be seeing that content twice. If it's something I feel strongly about, if I have Lorraine say it, I may have round peg retweet it later on in the day but I never, never, never do both at once because um, I don't think that that's appropriate. Um, interestingly, Allison had an epiphany. Um, she went to a, a social media event recently, and, and she was there as herself and also representing the company. What was your epiphany? Well, it is interesting <clears throat> you're talking about that nanosecond where you always wonder which account you should be tweeting from. For me, you know, if I'm talking about the TV show I'm watching in the evening, if I'm talking about 
something stupid my cat is doing as I frequently tweet about, that's Allison, that's easy. But I also tweet from my, from my Allison L. Carter account a lot about social media, a lot about PR, a lot about the things that make round peg, that, that make up round peg. And the other morning when I was at, or the other afternoon actually, when I was at the wonderful social media luncheon featuring my good friend Muhammad Yassin, I was tweeting up a storm from my Allison L. Carter account. I tweeted so much and got so many retweets, I was trending in India. And I, I was feeling pretty, pretty pleased with myself, naturally. And then I was like, well, I'm an idiot. Why didn't I tweet from Roundpeg? Why didn't I use that opportunity to offer that as a service to people who couldn't be there from the corporate account? And that was a missed opportunity, and um, it's something that I'm working on, and I'm going to um, work on amending in the future. But that was kind of a turning point for me personally in managing the account. Yeah, because there is that moment where, um, you know, your employees, uh, you know, as, as an owner, I have to straddle the fence, but if you've got employees that are managing your account, they're going to have to straddle the fence, and it shouldn't be by accident. And I think that's one of the things that we have learned going through this transition and through this process is we talk about what is appropriate for one versus the other, and, and there is a strategy behind it. The other thing, and, and this is kind of jumping back, both on Twitter and on G+, where we share control of the brand, um, I think it's really important as a business owner. I, I hope that Allison will be here for a very, very long time. But there is always the possibility, as I learned this summer, um, that we lost a couple of people who had been here for a really long time, that she may choose to go somewhere else. And... As an owner, I don't think you should ever completely let go of your brand and of your social media presence and of your social community because ultimately um, you're in it for the long haul. Um, we haven't had any questions. I actually do have a question from Twitter. I was just waiting for the right time to interject it. This is from um, Brian Gross under one of his many personas as Naptown Buzz, and he poses a really interesting question. What if you're neither a person nor a business? What if it's something like Naptown Buzz, which is kind of this nebulous brand thing that's not fish nor fowl? Um, I think the, uh, I think, I think that, that one of the challenges is on something like that that, you know, you're generating and creating Naptown Buzz has a personality. Naptown Buzz talks about certain things. I think you have to have a Brian Gross account, too, because there will be people that will not connect with companies and brands. There are people that are on Twitter that are only going to connect with other human beings. And so by having a Brian Gross account that has personal relationships, there are people that will discover what you have to say with regard to Naptown Buzz, but they will migrate to that through, um, through you as Brian goes. The other thing is, Naptown Buzz today is a hobby. It's something you do for fun. What if two years from now you want it to be a business? What if two years from now, um, one of the things Chris McAvoy talked about last week in succession planning was silly money. What if somebody comes to you with silly money, the uh, Indianapolis Visitor and Convention Bureau, and they want to buy the Twitter handle Naptown Buzz? You should be so lucky. But what if they do? In that instance, uh, 
you can sell it, but then you have completely lost your social media presence. And, and that's the other thing. As a business owner, I I love round peg, and I can't imagine getting up um, and not doing this every day. But there may come a time when I don't want to anymore. Um, there may come a time when I want to do this part-time. And I want to maintain the friendships and the connections that I have on social media, the people I really care about. And so by creating that Lorraine Ball account, I have begun to build a community of people that I will stay in touch with regardless of what happens to my business. I think that we both agree that this was the right decision for the long run of the company, as, as, but it's been a difficult transition. Mm -hmm. I don't think that either of us would lie about that. And we're still figuring out some of the things. We are still occasionally both respond to the same message when Hootsuite doesn't always do a good job of telling us that the other one has. That's something that we need to work on. Sometimes I still pull my hair out when Lorraine has typos in a post. That's something I'm dealing with. And I try not to nag her too much about it because I won the war, so I'm not going to quibble about the battle. But I think it's been hard for you personally, too, and in some ways you're still adjusting to, for instance, losing all those followers. Well, um, when we made the split, and of course Allison will tell me clout doesn't matter, it's bogus, we don't care, if I was still, when I unbundled my Facebook, um, it was hard um, to see my clout numbers drop. Now, Lorraine Ball has certainly come up in clout, and actually that, that might be an interesting conversation. The reason Lorraine Ball, with only 200 followers, has the same clout that Round Peg is because Lorraine's 200 followers are all individuals with high influence and large networks. And um, it's been a really interesting process. The other thing, though, and this is sort of a, a side benefit that I didn't expect, I really like Twitter again. Because I have, when I log in as Lorraine Ball, everybody that I'm following is Lorraine Ball. I really like. There's no, there's no junk there. There's no people that I follow just out of obligation. Roundhead can follow them. And that's the other part of it is because the Roundpeg stream now is much more of a business account, um, I'm much more open to following people and, and reaching a wider audience. Um, we now follow about 2,500 people. We have about 5,500 followers. So not only is the company account more professional, it still has personality and fun, but it is much more business-like. Um, it is reaching a much wider audience, which is paying off in increased traffic to our website. It is paying off in wider visibility. And so it is all the right things for all the right reasons. I completely agree. I've been really happy with the change. I think that it's important for our long-term growth. And as we keep looking at, at bigger clients, as we keep expanding, as we keep hoping to add new employees, the brand has to expand with us. And putting that best foot forward, making sure that all of the uh, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, um, is only going to help us. And it's just been a really positive change, I think, for everyone. I think so, too. And I think um, it has forced us to be more strategic about our social media. I, we, we have good gut instincts. This is why we do this for a living. But sharing the accounts um, and 
having to make decisions on every single tweet really gets me thinking about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I still have fun. I still share photographs of signs that make me laugh or pictures of um, the cat curled up in the middle of the dog's bed um, because it's funny because people expect that from me. Um, but I also uh, know what I'm tweeting and why I'm putting it up there. And the Rampeg account is about business. So to sum up, going to a corporate account doesn't mean that you stop being you. It means that you become more than you. The takeaway, so if everyone wants to follow us on all of our multitude of accounts. Okay, at Roundpeg. Definitely follow at Roundpeg. Follow Allison L. Carter. Follow Lorraine Ball. And go to the Meet the Team page on Roundpeg and check out the rest of the team and follow everyone else in the organization. Get to know them. Um, we are on G+. We are on Facebook at Roundpeg Indie. We're on LinkedIn. And if you've enjoyed today's content, if you want to know more about blogging, social media, networking, and much, much more, check out our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.